Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Paul Andrew. Paul and his wife, Andy, pastored Liberty Church in New York City the last 12 years. And now Paul has launched the Barnabas Network, a relational network created to provide brotherhood to help men in leadership finish the race that God has called them to. Today, Paul will be talking about the importance of soul care, being part of a community, and the value he hopes to provide through the Barnabas Network. So leaders, lean in and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail Podcast. I got my music going. We got our guests going. We got everybody leaning in, whether you're on podcast audio, whether you're watching on YouTube. We're so happy you're back here for the Avail Podcast. My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm your Avail Media host, and I'm sitting down today with an awesome leader, an amazing pastor, somebody who's got a message for this time, for leaders, for pastors, ministry leaders. You're going to want to lean in. I am with none other than Paul Andrew. Paul, it's good to have you here with us. How does it feel to be on the Avail Podcast? It's an honor. been looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, what a privilege. Excited to share with everybody. I, I want everybody to know that Paul Paul's a friend. Uh, we've connected on multiple occasions, in fact, kind of with pastors. Um, and I've just, Paul, I just want to say, uh, even in the last couple of years, just seeing how the Lord has used you, uh, your wife, Andy, and, and in ministry as you guys have pastored, and then even transitioned, you know, ministry-wise and what God is called, calling you in this season. It's been it's been awesome to see you be obedient to that. I want, I want our avail listeners and viewers to just kind of lean in a little bit, get to know you. Can you just share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, my accent is a little messed up because I was born and raised in Australia and then spent the last 12 years in New York City. So, you know, uh, lived in Sydney. I was the first one in my family to come to faith in my in my teenage years. And uh, my brother shortly after my parents, not for another 10 years. And uh, so I did ministry in Australia for many years. But um, really, the Lord gave my wife a vivid prophetic dream of us planting a church in Manhattan, actually, hmm. um, at a time when we never even visited New York City. We didn't know anybody there, and we'd never planted a church before. We'd been on a great team, but we never planted churches, and God took us on this great journey, kind of terrifying, um, wow. and we became church planters in Manhattan. In the middle of New York City, we moved in uh, 2010 with three toddlers, four, two, and one years of age. We knew two people in the city when we moved, and by the grace of God, uh, he established a church there um, that we had the privilege of leading for uh, the last 12 years. Actually, it became a multiplying church, which was even more surprising. We ended up with uh, planting 10 churches over 12 years in not only wow. New York, but some other cities in the U.S., and um, one in Manzini in Southern Africa, and uh, one in London, in England. So it was a this whole big kind of adventure, and then... Along the way, kind of part of what we'll get to today began this journey of caring for my soul so I could actually finish the race that God wow. had started in me. And that's kind of what brings us to our you know, friendship in some ways is, is that journey. Yeah, you know, I think this is a great conversation. And, and, and for people that are that are kind of listening into this story, planting a church is no joke, but planting Ooh. a church in New York City when you've never lived there is also no joke. And uh, God gave you guys a lot of grace in that, in, in that season. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to just jump right into our conversation, Paul, Mm. on what's on your heart right now regarding pastors, ministry leaders, what, what, what's, what's weighing on you right now? You know, the big thing that I feel like 
the Lord's been showing me. You know, a lot of times he, he's revealing in me something that I realized, man, I think everybody needs this. Um, mm. And my journey probably began about four years ago on this. Was this, this I really come to a conviction, actually, that everyone needs community, but especially leaders. Mm. And I think when you're in leadership, you know that that saying, you know, maybe people who are not in leadership might push back on the idea, especially leaders. But I actually think, you know, the the, the burdens, um, there's privileges and responsibilities, benefits sometimes of being in leadership. But more often mm-hmm. than not, you know, the, the weight that you carry, the expectations that are on you, the responsibilities that you bear, uh, the price oftentimes that you pay that people don't necessarily realize they might see what they think are perks and privileges. But it's like if you only knew the journey that I did to get to this place. And that's ministry leaders, business leaders. It doesn't matter what lane you're in. Leadership is a lot and it, and it can be tough. It doesn't always have to be lonely, but it often is lonely for people and trying to sift through who's got agendas and who's really for me. So I really came to this place where I realized for, even for myself, it's like, you know, as a pastor, for instance, I'm up there preaching community. And, mm-hmm. you know, they that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish and amen to that. But I'm thinking everybody else needs community. But a lot of times I wasn't thinking that's true. And what's my community? Not only yeah. the church or the business, the organization that I'm leading and amen to having camaraderie among my staff or relationships with our people. Everyone doesn't have to be at arm's length, but, but also outside of that circle in which, in which I'm responsible for in many ways, like who's mm. my tribe, who are my people, where do I get to be off or unedited or let my guard down and say, here's what I'm working through. Here's what I'm believing for. Here's what I'm struggling with. A lot of leaders don't have community like that. That's true. What have you been seeing just, just as you've been out, out and about, as you've been on this journey, what have you been seeing in this season? You know, this is being recorded uh, in summer, you know, mid-year 2022. What have you been seeing in the pastoring world, in the church ministry leadership world, as far as as far as how they're doing with their souls, yeah. pastors and leaders? You know, I, I don't think it'll probably come as a surprise to your listeners to hear that, you know, I think both in what we see, you know, with groups like Barna and others that do research, but also just relationally in my friendship circles, anecdotally, like there's a lot of leaders just running on fumes right now. Yep. Um, and I don't think that's unique to ministry. I don't think that's unique to the U.S. You know, sure. I, I, in the last few days, I had got to be with uh, leaders from across Latin America and many of the same things that they're experiencing yeah. there. There's, there are global dynamics. I mean, I mean, in case anybody didn't notice, there was a pandemic. I'm not sure if you heard about it. You know, that was the whole <laughs> thing, right? And it doesn't matter what leadership lane you're in. That's been challenging for many mm-hmm. of us. But, but you know, also, I mean, for me, you mentioned us posturing specifically in New York City. So that meant, you know, on top of it, there was dynamics that came along with um, the election. There were dynamics that came along mm. with the financial crisis. There was dynamics that came along with millions of people actually moving from one city to another. And, right. you know, we had some really beautiful, needed, hard conversations around racial reconciliation at the same time. So a lot of leaders, I mean, all of that, God is using in many ways to, I think, shape and reshape his church. And yet, at the end of it, I think there's a lot of us in leadership that are like, man, I'm, the, I'm not just tired. I'm like, I'm kind of empty right now. Yeah. And, and that's what I, that's what I'm seeing running on fumes, you know, and I look, my leadership journey, I've, I've been through burnout. I've, I've blown up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, man, if I get tired enough for long enough, if I neglect myself and get in that caretaker mode where it's about everybody else for long enough, you know, I like probably anybody else are capable of some pretty stupid things. Um, mm. I think there's a danger in the end. It's like you can only run on that adrenaline and coffee and vision for so long before you have to say, am I fundamentally taking care of me uh, to finish my race? 
I, I, you know, everything you just said, I second it. I, I think as I've been able to sit down in a lot around a lot of tables uh, within some tribes that I've been in, you know, I think this has been a continuing um, theme, right, of 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 how pastors really are doing, right? And right. unfortunately, sometimes, you, unfortunately, and we pray that it would that it wouldn't happen or that it wouldn't happen as often where we see, you know, some some pastors really make some really poor decisions and, yeah. you know, um, and, and you we would come to a point where we think, what if they had the right people and voices around them? You know, what if yeah. there was some some more accountability? What if there was some some soul care happening? Would would, yeah. would we have been able to prevent that? And that leads us to, right. to kind of this conversation, right? Where you've you've the Lord has led you to to initiate this uh this Barnabas network. And and right. as we get as we kind of get into that, can you just talk a little bit about why Barnabas? What you know, who is Barnabas <laughs> yeah. and why why that's important? Well, what's interesting about this is I didn't really set out to start a network. Um, and, you know, I just sort of I went on a trip that we can chat about that really impacted my life. And then I started thinking, I know other guys that need this. You know, I kind of call it the ripple effect. Everybody probably listening to this will think I know 10 guys that need that. Right. What girls? You know, I know people that need that. And um, but around the same time as I was really seeing God, you know, put his hand on this, like, Hey, you got to care for those who spend their whole lives caring for everybody else, pour back into the people that are always busy wow. pouring into everybody else. You know, I, I'm just reading along in scripture, you know, more or less minding my own business, so to speak. And this thing jumps out at me in acts four, where it says, says, um, it says, uh, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus sold a field and brought the proceeds, laid them at the apostles feet. And they called him Barnabas. And it adds in parentheses, which means son of encouragement. Hmm. And the first thing that hits me is like, why does the Bible stop to explain what his name means? Because probably many listeners will know those Hebrew names, pretty much every name has got an amazing meaning. And the mm -hmm. Bible would be a lot longer if we like stopped to unpack the meaning of everyone. So to me, there was like, there's a reason why the Bible wants <laughs> us to know, hey, you know what yeah. Barnabas is known for? He's the encourager. And so, and Joseph's a good Hebrew name, nothing wrong with that. But from there on, the Bible never calls him Joseph again. He's Barnabas, the son of mm. encouragement. And so I, I got curious about that. I'm like, well, what's his life? Because actually the thought I had, and, you know, maybe it's different for others. I'm like, at this moment, I, I had been following Jesus 30 years in church, preaching message. I never heard or preached one message on the guy. And I'm like, yeah, that was all through the New Testament. Like, let's go do a study of him because he's like in the supporting cast kind of, you know. And so then I start to study him. A few chapters later, Saul gets converted, road to Damascus. You know, he's preaching. They try to kill him. That's a bad start. You know, ministry isn't a grand. You know, they send him off to Jerusalem to headquarters, and surely it's going to go well in Jerusalem. No, not only do they try to kill him, but nobody believes he's even really converted. <clears throat> and I circled these two words in my Bible. It's, it's in Acts chapter 9. It says, you know, not believing he was really a disciple, then I circled, but Barnabas. And it says, but Barnabas brought him to the apostles, you know, testified of his conversion. And so basically at Barnabas' say-so, he's not a nobody. Right. He had access to the apostles, but he risks <clears throat> his reputation. He puts it on the line. He brings this guy who a minute ago is persecuting the church, and he gives them access, he gives them access right to this guy, Saul. He sees something that nobody else was seeing, and the rest is history. I mean, so I started to ponder, number one, would anybody – call me a son of encouragement. That's a good sure. question to reflect on. That's good. Do people get around with me and think afterwards, man, Paul really encouraged me or am I always pulling everybody down? And then the second thing is like, <clears throat> am I willing to take a chance on people like what Barnabas did? 
The third question that I wondered was like a hypothetical. Barnabas doesn't step in. Does Saul ever become Paul? You know, if he didn't have an advocate, an ambassador, if he didn't have a friend, should sure. his destiny in that moment, do all those churches get planted? Do all those letters to the epistles get so it rocked my world. And not only that, you know, you fast forward a few more chapters. After they plant all those churches, Paul wants to go back and check on them. And uh, Barnabas says, let's bring John Mark, his cousin. Paul says, no, because he deserted us on the first trip. And the band breaks up. Paul's like, fine, you have him, to paraphrase, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> Paul takes Silas, Barnabas takes John Mark. And you would think, well, didn't Barnabas back the wrong horse? You know, Paul's kind of the main hero of the story here. What's cool is in two different letters, Paul then honors John Mark later after like saying, I'm not taking that deserter on a mission trip. He honors him. He says, he's my fellow worker in Christ. In one letter, he even says, send him to me. He's useful to me in my mm. ministry. And most scholars actually believe he writes the gospel of Mark. So to me, it's like, I call that the Barnabas effect. It's like, wow, like what if I, I've come yeah. to this conviction. I think every leader needs a Barnabas in their life. Some, yeah. Someone that creates room for second chances, somebody that sees potential, even when we don't see it in ourselves, that'll yeah. walk through us through the journey, see us finish our race. That's that's why the word Barnabas is significant to me. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think it's true. I think uh, I, as I look back, even as a pastor's kid, I can't remember many messages or sermons focusing in on on Barnabas. So that, <laughs> that makes sense. And uh, and and so. And so when you when you ca- captured this or when this captured your heart, this this idea, this thought that led you to kind of begin this Barnabas mm-hmm. Network journey, can you talk to us a little bit about it? Like, who, who is this for specifically? And, sure. and, uh, and, you know, what does it look like? Yeah. So so it began with these uh, retreats. I got invited on a, on a <clears> trip. <throat> I went fly fishing and other things in Montana. And honestly, it didn't even really matter what the activity was. What mattered was I got out of my normal environment. I got out of my daily routine. I pulled aside, made some friends, uh, laughed a little, mm-hmm. um, and and had an opportunity to reflect on who I am, how I'm doing, and do like and 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 uh, do the soul care work. And so, to me, what what came out of that was a passion to serve leaders. That's really Barnabas Network. I think everybody needs this, but our sweet spot is, you know, like I mentioned before, we want to pour into those who are pouring into others. They could be pastors, ministry leaders, chaplains. Uh, they could be really kingdom-minded business leaders, you know, um, because mm-hmm. the demands of business leadership are great too in this day and age, especially when you're doing it in Jesus' name and with a kingdom vision beyond just making mm-hmm. dollars, right? So that's that's who we serve. And um, and what, what we've started to do is, is put together, it's kind of like three things, you know, we want to serve them through retreats, these curated premium types of experiences. And some of them a missions trip, could be fishing, could be some guys like to hunt, others want to snowboard or play golf, doesn't matter. It's like whatever your lane is, whatever, ultimately what fuels your soul, what restores and renews you. And we use that as a catalyst and a space for conversation because the retreats kind of lead us to resources and to relationships. Really, for me, the sweet spot is it's, I, I didn't set out to start an events company. I really wanted those to be a gateway to relationship. That's what, that's what my heart yearns for is yeah. brotherhood, call it that, community, just the sorts of spaces where there's nothing to prove, nothing to hide, people who just want something for you, not from you. Everybody mm-hmm. leads, Everybody leading needs a space like that. Yeah, that's good. You, you've you've talked a lot about the importance of of having community, right? And I think I think a lot of times we talk about the importance of having community. Can you can you go on the other side of the coin though? What happens, or what are things that we're seeing when when pastors and leaders don't have community? You know, right. what are some of the what are some of the traps? What are some of the 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 negative 
outcomes, results in those cases. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's all too easy, you know, and and we're I think we're all vulnerable. I mean, the Bible actually says, "He who isolates himself is not wise; rages against mm-hmm. all wise judgment." That's true of leaders too, right? Um, yeah. When we when we get ourselves alone or aside, I always wonder, like, what if David hadn't have stayed back from war? What if he hadn't have been alone out on that balcony, looking what might have been different with Bathsheba, you know? But in, I think you know, all of us isolated. You know, we can yep. get ourselves run, run down. The Bible says, you know, that, that we have an enemy prowls around look, seeking whom he may devour. And I think, you know, look, going on a retreat, it's not like it's a silver bullet. But here's what I've realized is like we all need real friendship. We all need spaces where we can answer. Give quiz to your yeah. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, good, good. You, you know. But what about the second? How are you really doing? Like who's asking yeah. that question of us? And so to me, I think when we get isolated, when we're just surrounded with people that either work for us or wouldn't want to tell the emperor he's naked or, you know, like <laughs> there's a danger there, right? When everybody just wants to tell you the good news or sing your praises, but there's not a place where you would feel like, number one, where people would celebrate you without agenda. So it's not always focused on the negative, right? It's not just mm-hmm. about accountability. It's also about, so I want to call out the greatness in my friends. Man, we want to cheer you on and praise and be grateful to God for the good things happening in your life. But also a safe place to be like, you know what? Honestly, I kind of, I kind of losing my motivation. Or honestly, I'm sort of struggling a little bit. Some stuff going mm-hmm. on in my marriage, and I don't know if I could really air that in the environment that I'm in. But I need a space where I can say, hey, pray for me. I know it's not going anywhere else. You know, <clears throat> the only outcome would be guys saying, I want to pray for you. Or could I connect you to a counselor? Or hey, let's text about that. I'm going to walk with you because my only agenda is to see you finish the race God called you to. You know. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, you and I, Paul, got to share an experience like this together. We did. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, at retreat at Church Church Creek, and and yep. and that that opportunity. That was the first time I went there specifically, and got to meet you and a few other guys. And and man, there were some really powerful moments uh, in the midst of the refreshing, reconnecting, that's recreating. Right. You know, having some fun together. But then there was some some real important moments at the table. Where yep. where we were able to open up hearts and some of the men and you know different ages you know different right. experiences different parts of the country, and and it was really awesome to see what happens when when just hearts are in a safe environment to open up. That's right, and it's always surprising to me, you know. And by now, it shouldn't be surprising because I've seen it again and again. But you get guys from different walks of life, yeah, uh, different maybe ethnic cultures, different stages, mm-hmm. like generationally different ministry flows. They might be denominations that wouldn't normally hang out, or a business yeah. leader with a chaplain with a pastor whose paths wouldn't normally cross. But then you get them out there, whatever it is, snowboarding, fishing, you know, whatever the the activity is, on a missions trip someplace, you share those experiences and then you sit around a table and we're all just leaders at the table. We enjoy some good food. And then somebody says, simple question, like Church Creek, you know, I'm based here in Charleston now, you know, hanging out at Seacoast Church, not on staff, just leading Barnabas Network and out of this amazing house that birthed the Church Creek Retreat. Now, I see it again and again. It's a simple question like, give me one high and one low. What's something we can celebrate with you? What's something that's weighing on your chest right now? And it's not uncommon for guys who didn't even know each other from Adam when they walked into that room to like to be able to really open up because yeah. we all just need a safe place, you know? Yeah, it's so good. Now, now this, I might be getting a little bit out here, and it also might be a sign that something needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But is this for for men are women part of Barnabas Network, or is that something that we need to cast vision for? Yeah, so look, I think there's absolutely a need for this for women in leadership. Uh, the calling that I felt was to serve the men, but through them to serve mm-hmm. their families. So some of the retreats that we're doing, um, we're having couples retreats. 
Um, mm. So that's important. My focus is on the man, but oftentimes around that table, it's not un- uncommon for something to come up that's going on in their marriage. It's like, man, I'd yeah. love to have a place to invite him because my thing is always like, now what? I don't want it to be see at a retreat next year. It's like, how could we serve you in that in some way? Also, oftentimes, you know, it's stuff. It's like, I got a teenage son and our relationship's broken. So we've done some father and son stuff as well. We did like a father and son quail hunt, which was a blast with, you know, some guys and skeet shooting. And again, the activity is kind of irrelevant. It's about, you know, getting dads together, getting the boys together to form friendships. So, you know, I really believe in the family unit. I want to see healthy marriages. That's super important. But kind of our laser focus is on serving the man and any way through them we can serve their families is is on top. You don't want to miss this month at Avail, or any month for that matter. Why? Because each month, the Avail Online Leadership Series happens, a live call with leaders from around the world who have a passion for God and key leadership insights to impart to you. Interact with authors, pastors, and influencers from every industry. And the best part, it's free. To get registered right now, head over to theartofleadership.com. What are you waiting for? Yeah, I like that. It's clear. It's clear where the Lord has called you and, and to focus, mm-hmm. you know, as a man with men. Um, this could be a good this could be a good little alert wake up call for some women out there who say, hey, I want to do it. Or maybe there's some out there, you know, to, to, because I think that that every area needs some attention to soul care. Now, I want to yeah. I want to jump something, especially because because you've been working a lot with men and Barnabas, Barnabas Network. We, we all know men can sometimes have a little bit more of a challenge being around a table like this or, sure. or even going, accepting an invitation. Totally. Totally. You know, what are, what are some of the hesitations that, that you've seen that sometimes some guys can have about, you know, maybe even a retreat or, or one of these activities? Yeah. I mean, I think there's lots of them. And, and obviously, I mean, look, if we build this is let's get away on a retreat and talk about our feelings. I mean, most guys, including me, I'm like, I'm out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, even if that's going to be a byproduct that we might get a chance to open up and like really form a friendship or whatever, really. Um, I think that can be hesitation, but I think typically yeah. the big things for guys um, that I, and look, I, I did the same thing. That first retreat I told you about in Montana, <laughs> I nearly canceled last minute for simple reasons. Like one was like, what on earth have I said yes to? I mean, I grew up in Australia. I never did fly fishing. I never even shot guns. They took all the guns. So, you know, I'm going to Montana. I was like, I don't know how to do any. I live in Brooklyn at that point. I'm like, I how am I going to use any of these skills? I'm like, I don't know. This is a bad idea. I try, I was going to back out and I'm glad I didn't because that's never what it was really about. God wanted to right. be working in my soul. That was just a vehicle. The other thing is a lot of times in my experience, and these days I'm inviting hundreds of guys, you know what I mean? On These trips are smaller, maybe eight on the small side, 20 on the big side. On average, like 12 to 15 guys on a retreat. So I've got hundreds of guys that I've made friendship with and I'm inviting now. But a really common thing is, oh, I'm kind of busy. It's a busy season, right? And the trouble yeah. is, you can tell yourself that forever, right? <laughs> and what I've discovered is the guys who are too busy are sometimes, that's the story that they're telling themselves, are sometimes the guys who need it the most. Yep. Another obstacle can just be finance, you know, because it's going to cost you something, right, to go on a retreat, time or money. Mm-hmm. I will say on that, though, this is probably worth saying, last year we scholarshiped 40% of the guys who came on trips. So it doesn't so have good. to be an obstacle. Sometimes even their airfares and everything. So I, I want to take that off, you know, as as an obstacle to guys going. But there can be all kinds of reasons why, you know, you think, or, or it's just like, like if you, I'm an introvert, believe it or not. I mean, that's kind of like, I don't, that's not my favorite setting. You know what I mean? It's to like, I hang out with some friends. Sure. But what I've, what I've seen again and again is like, in spite of all of those things, I'm just amazed at the way in the, which the Lord will use. It's kind of like Psalm 23, you know, he makes me lie down 
you know, in green pastures, he restores my soul. You know what I mean? Or yeah. another translation says, the new living says, he renews my strength. I think that's what we mm-hmm. got to realize is like the Lord, is a, he is our shepherd. And yeah, goodness yeah. and mercy follow us all the days of our life. But part of that process is rest, restore, renew, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm kind of replaying in my mind different moments in the last couple of years where I've sat down with friends, pastors, leaders. And, um, you know, when, when, when that, when that door opens up, when that bridge kind of opens up relationally, mm-hmm. uh, it really opens the door to important conversations. And I think, I think this conversation matters. Yeah. Um, you, and you, you might be, a, somebody might be listening in who isn't the lead pastor or isn't the, you know, the lead leader. Um, a, you're, you may be leading and in, in influencing in some ways. It's important for you, but you also, it might be good for you to think about your pastor, your leader, right. you know, the people really. in your life, right? That's, that's an important thing that sometimes we're not thinking about. That's right. And, and to be an advocate for them. Because oftentimes, listen, I didn't realize how much I needed it. I'm, I'm not that self-aware. And many of us, if we're honest, aren't that self-aware. You know, I got home from that trip to Montana. This is my wife's verbatim. This is her quote. Like we're a few hours into me being home and she says, oh, I got my husband back. I wow. said, wait, what? And she's like, I haven't seen you smile or laugh like this in a long time. Wow. And that was, so. It, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about me, but also I'm better for my marriage. I'm better for my kids. I'm better for whatever yeah. I'm leading when I, you know, it's the old cliche on the plane. What do they tell you? Attend to your own mask before attending to others. But as leaders, we oftentimes don't, right? So yeah. maybe, maybe you're listening and you've got, you're married to someone or you're in a church or in an organization where you're like, man, my leader could really use a community like that or a retreat. Wow. Like I mean, you could point them in our direction. You could be, honestly, you could scholarship them. That's one of the ways people often contribute is like, you know, on average, the retreat's like 1500 bucks, which doesn't break the banks. Like, hey, let's send somebody away. And it sure. could, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it sounds like hyperbole. How many times people have called me afterwards and say, that saved my life or that saved my marriage or I wouldn't wow. be in the ministry today if I didn't. Not that the retreat was the be all end all, but it started a journey, started a process. It was a catalyst for, for a deep work of God in their life. Yeah, it's so important. This is so important. Um, in a moment, I want you to share kind of the information people can, can oh. learn more about where they can go. But before that, let, let's just say right now there's some pastors, some lead leaders that are connected, that are listening, that are watching. And right now they're leaning in a little bit. And, and right now this is an opportunity for you to give them the pitch, <laughs> Paul, hmm. to give them the pitch of of kind of helping convince, pushing them over the edge and saying, hey, you should look into this. You, you should yeah. You should really invest and look into doing this. Well, in addition to everything I'd say, one thing I say a lot is that the cost of not caring for leaders is so much greater than the cost of caring for them. Mm. So a lot of times we're thinking about the cost, the opportunity cost, the time, the money, the whatever. But I mean, the very definition of being a leader is that you influence and impact others, right? And of course, in the kingdom, we're always believing that that's going to be for good, that the ripple effect of your life will be legacy, honor, generations in the kingdom. You know what I mean? That's what we're all believing for, to finish our race with our integrity, our marriage, our ministry intact, and here, well done, good and faithful, right? That's the vision. So here's the thing about being in leadership is it cuts both ways. You know, when leaders lead from health and strength and they're at their best and doing the work and finishing strong, I mean, that the multiplication effect of that in the lives of others is incredible. I mean, what a leveraged investment when you invest in leaders. But sadly, I don't want to emphasize the negative, but the opposite is also true. When we neglect leaders or as, as leaders, take, let's take responsibility, when I neglect myself, I, I don't care for myself, I'm not attending to myself, 
the negative impact on my life can also affect many. And that's kind yeah. of one of the reasons why I felt a calling to serve leaders in particular, not that everybody doesn't lead, uh, need this, but but the outsized impact, the exponential multiplication impact for good or, or sadly sometimes for negative is great. And that's why I just think, you know, it's so important that we make that choice. It's preventative, right? I'm all for restoration. Amen to that. Amen for, you know, doing the work and seeing people yeah. hard and second chances. Amen to all of that. But what about if we did a little work? What if we built a fence at the top of the cliff instead of always sending an ambulance to the bottom? What if we were doing that work on the front end to say, hey, what about if we could do this in a way where you'd finish that race? Yeah, that's good. You know, I recently was was um, reading something I was sharing with 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 our church how the best gift you could give your marriage is a healthy you. Come on. The best gift you can give your kids is a healthy you. And even as a pastor, the best gift you can give your church is a healthy you. And and sometimes the job of the lead leader, the job of the pastor, it is very consuming. And uh, really in other is. professions, you can kind of say, hey, you can say, hey, we're going to we're going to get out of here. You know, we're going to turn off, you know, shut down the office or whatever. It's pastoring is not that it's not that easy to just turn off the phone or turn off yeah. the, the sheep that you're no. the flock that you're shepherding. No. And sometimes like people have a crisis in their life at the moment when you just were already running on empty and people's expectations, or you can tell yourself this whole thing. I mean, it's all for the kingdom, you know, and, and amen to that. But you know, if you're not careful, you run that line too long and then suddenly, man, we're, we're a mess. Um, and I don't believe it has to be that way. And I don't believe that's what we see in the person of Jesus. I mean, if, if ever there was anyone, that walked this earth, that had the mm. entire weight of his world on his on his shoulders. It was Jesus, and yet we see him honor the Sabbath, draw away to pray, relationship with others, not enamored by the crowd. All the all the traps that I can fall into so easily. Jesus modeled modeled for us a better way, you know, and, and did it perfectly. Mm. This is timely. Hey, this is timely. This is a timely podcast for me. My wife and I we took over Vertical Church here in South Florida. We relaunched seven years ago. We've been going. We've been going hard seven years. Have had not taken a sabbatical. Our mentors and overseers told us, "You wow. guys are overdue for sabbatical." Mm-hmm. So we're we're actually going to be taking our first sabbatical ever. Um, and I think this this conversation has been just like an extra confirmation of how important this is. Right. You know, well, and thank God for overseers like that. You know, in certain environments, those can be the people that are pushing <clears throat> against leaders. Like, come on, push through, do more. You know, it's like you know, I, I pray people listening are thinking of people in their world that need a little a little moral support to be like, hey, actually, don't feel guilty about it. Don't give yourself a hard time about it. Like, hey, you're doing the work. Hey, we're not going to muzzle the ox. Get out there, be refreshed. You know, finish in strength. That's good. That's good. All right. I want to get people connected. Yeah. I want to get people getting kind of getting them in the direction of learning more about Barnabas Network. Where can people go to find out more information or or register, sign up? Sure. Yeah. So the easiest way, um, first step would be the website. So it's BarnabasNetwork.co. So BarnabasNetwork.co is the website. Um, It's also the same for Instagram, you know, at BarnabasNetwork.co would be a way that you can Mm -hmm. connect with us. Um, There's a couple of things you can do on the website. One is the easiest thing is just sign up for the newsletter. We put out two newsletters a month, give you a sense of vision, values, um, some of the upcoming retreats, and we're doing some shorter experiences and things as well. Um, So that would be something really worth doing, uh, and you can do all that on the website. The other thing is because it's a community, uh, when you first go to the website, you're not going to see all the details for every retreat. Um, 
really the gateway to those communities is what we call the guest list. So you can actually sign up or a leader can sign up on there to join the guest list, which is a Zoom conversation with me or one of the team. You know, answer your questions. If it seems like a good fit, you basically get a complimentary membership to Barnabas and then access to the members only area. You can register online and the rest is history. Come to a retreat. And then if at the end of it, you're like, man, this is, this is my tribe. I want to be part of this. Awesome. And so that's really the, the pathway for people to get more involved. But the website has all that information on it. That's great news. If you're a pastor, if you're a lead leader in your organization and you want more information, go to BarnabasNetwork.co to get more information. Sign up for the, for the newsletter, get some information, or join the guest list, mm-hmm. complimentary membership, gain access to some resources. I think yeah, totally. I, I, I imagine in the future the resources are going to be growing. I imagine oh, in the yeah. future there's going to be a lot to tap into, right? That's oh. right. Well, And the thing is because it's a network, it's not about me. Um, so really what I'm trying to do is build a platform to share the resources that are already in the group. So I'm not talking about Paul Andrew teaching resources. I'm saying there's guys in there who've got genius, what God's doing in their life and they want to share it with others. I'm trying to build a platform where we can all learn from each other, glean from each other, you know, and then the relationships that come from that. We're, we're also, you know, we've got this army of shepherd leaders, volunteers, going to pray for you by name every week, contact you personally mm-hmm. every month, which is a lot more care than a lot of leaders are getting right now. You know, just simple things, just a rhythm of life and community together. That's cool. That's why I love it. Hey, I hope you've been intrigued and leaning in on this, everybody. This might be just what the doctor ordered for you in this season of your life, of your ministry, of your leadership, or it might be an encouragement for you to go talk to your leader, to your pastor and say, Hey, I heard about this. I want you to check it out. I want to help you. What, what a great opportunity to do that. Hey, uh, Paul, before, before I talk a little bit about the Avail Journal and maybe get a last kind of nugget of wisdom from you, a um, couple of off the, off the cuff questions, Let's awesome. just get to know you a little bit off the cuff questions. So um, the city, the city in Australia that you, that you kind of grew up in, what city is it? Sydney. All right. Very good. Here's, so here's my next question. Hidden talent. Do you have a hidden talent that people don't know about? <laughs> Do I have a hidden talent? I look. I was a I was a singer in in a band when I first came to Jesus, and the band was called Savage Cabbage. You won't find our stuff anywhere. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I was I was. Uh, let's just say I was barely saved at that point in my life, and that is a talent not many people uh, know about. <laughs> That's Savage Cabbage. I'm getting the visuals of, of merch and CDL. Yeah, that's, that's free. You weren't going to get that on the podcast. You know, was, that was, that was, was there a biblical, like no, a biblical reference? No. It was extra biblical. Let's say that. <laughs> all right. All right. Anything, anything, anything funny ever happened on one of these retreats that you've been on or anything that just made you laugh with the guys? Like a funny story there? Yeah, we did. Um, There's a, there's a, a lake in Montana where we take a pontoon up and they've got a dam. You can fish and everything. And there's a cliff you can jump off. And, uh, and it's, it's not crazy high, but it's high enough. And one, one of the guys on a retreat last year uh, misjudged it somewhat. And, uh, and uh, as soon as he jumped, the person filming in the boat said, oh, no, oh, no. And he's over-rotated <laughs> and landed flat on his back. Um, oh, wow. And uh, just the sound of it. We've watched that video, I don't know, hundreds of times. It's a friend of That's mine. Fun. He did have some purple bruises afterwards, but he lived to tell the tale. And God still worked in his life. But, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a funny <laughs> story and unexpected. <laughs> unexpected byproduct oh no <laughs> i love it i love it that's yep. the, that's the type of things those are the type of memories you can build 
in Barnabas Network moments. I love it. Um, this is great. I want to mention, Paul, we have the Avail Journal. I have one of the most recent uh, editions here. Avail Journal is a leadership, Christian leadership magazine, just high quality. Mm. Uh, you know, do you agree having resources really? that equip you are important as a leader? So important. You know what we feed ourselves on? I mean, it's no, no different with your body, right? We, they say you are what you eat. So what are we eating in our mind, in our soul? What are we, if we're, all we're doing is scroll the news and social media, you know, that, that has an effect on us. So yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. Positive impact, you know? Yes, yes, yes. So if you're listening, you're watching right now, I want you to know the Avail Journal, I would say is the top Christian leadership magazine. We hear from men leaders, women leaders. We hear from American leaders, global leaders from around the world. Uh, we love we love leadership and we love empowering pastors and Christian ministry leaders. If you haven't done so, you can, you can uh, claim your free annual subscription. If you go to availjournal.com, availjournal.com. It's on us for the first year, free annual subscription. Want you to check it out. We want to put some great resources in your hands because we want to bless you on your leadership journey. Uh, as we close off here, Paul, last kind of final nugget of wisdom for everybody who's leaning in right now. Well, you know, my, my, my closing thought would be maybe this is an opportunity for us to lean in, as you say, and listen to the Holy Spirit and say, is there someone in my life, someone in my world that God's nudging me to be a Barnabas to today. Mm. I wonder if there's like a but Barnabas moment for somebody, a loved one, a spouse, a coworker, a, a neighbor perhaps. And, you know, there's avail listeners out there right now where it's like there's somebody, you might not even realize what they're going through, what they're struggling <clears> with, <throat> how they're feeling about their marriage, their business, their calling or whatever it is. And it might just be, and it's not always words either. You know, I mean, Barnabas got his name through financial generosity, right? He sold a field, brought it. They called him an encourager, but then his presence, I bet that was an encouragement to, to yeah. all, you know, words, deeds. Like, I just think it's always an opportunity to say, Holy Spirit, how could you use me with somebody in my world right now that needs a Barnabas, needs an encourager, needs somebody to be that presence. And, you know, I can look back on my life and say, there were some key people, I bet most people can, who were there at the right moment, who were there um, when I was ready to quit, uh, when I had a big decision to make and thank God for them. That could be you today for somebody else that you care about. That's a good word. Let's be a Barnabas to somebody in this season. Uh, Paul, this has been a great privilege for me to share this time with you. Also for all of our Avail audience, you know, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilburg, the whole Avail leadership team, we just want to say thank you, Paul. We're proud of you and we can't wait to see what the Lord is going to continue doing in your life. I'm so grateful, man. It's an honor to be uh, with you and uh, just believe in to serve people in any way we can together. Yes, sir. Greetings to Andy, by the way, who I hope to have on the Avail podcast soon. Oh, we love you, it. brother. We're proud of you. Thank and you, to everybody friend. who's connected, thanks for connecting once again here on the leadership, the Avail Leadership Podcast. My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm your media host, whether we do it in English, every once in a while, un poquito de español. We're here for you to lead you in the journey in the art of leadership. So remember to connect with the website, barnabasnetwork.co. Hey, everybody, we'll catch you next time right here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail Podcast with our guest, Paul Andrew. You can connect with Paul by going to barnabasnetwork.co. 
For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription to the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. And if you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.